the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. we got some great guests coming up. We'll talk to our friend Tammy Nichols in Idaho, and we'll also visit uh, Iowa with Tamara Scott. We'll get an update on what's going on on the ground. Turnout is just a few hours from now. Polls will be opening, and, uh, well, there's a lot to think about, a lot to think about. As I've been predicting for months, maybe not months, at least a month, the polls have closed. They're all all the pollsters who are congenital liars, and uh, they just can't stand it. They're now they're getting they're saying, "Well, it's going to be closer. It's going to be closer. It's going to be closer." And I'm telling you, the Trump surge uh, he calls it a red wave, and more importantly, the Biden fade is in real full effect. So let's go. Let's before we get to whoa, let's do what you need to know. A special version with Dr. Brett M. Decker. He's joining us right now. New York Times bestselling author, professor at Defiance College, has been a journalist all over the world. Welcome, Dr. Decker. How are you? Hey, dog. What's up? I you know I put my <laughs> microphone on on mute for a while so I didn't interrupt. Yeah. That intro. Yeah, no, it's a, I, I appreciate that. Now, listen, four years ago, you were in, a, in the unenviable position of having written a Trump book, a bestseller, and people were saying your guy's going to lose the, the greatest landslide in history. You know, that he's not going to he's going to lose every state except like three states, et cetera, et cetera. And he won four years later after a record. And a lot of stuff he's done, some of it, most of it good in my mind, some of it not so good, I guess, in some people's minds. The COVID thing is a complicating factor for lots of Americans. We're on the edge of an election where, again, the media is trying to say, hell, there's no way Trump can win, although they're coming back. What, what's your sense? What's the reality out there? Boy, I tell you, the, the polls are narrowing everywhere, even as skewed as the polls are. All the on-the-ground data is that, is that this that this race has just been tightening. It started started last week, but over the weekend just started tightening like crazy. So I, you know, if you look at the president, he is just confident, right? He's out there. One, he looks like he's having a good time, right? You look at Biden, and well, if you can ever see Biden, right, because he doesn't go anywhere, right. but he's trying to emulate, emulate Trump a little bit with having some events here and there. But last night, Trump had. Trump had a Trump had a rally at midnight in Miami. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, just hitting four or five events, right. 10, 20, 50,000 people at events. It's, it's absolutely crazy. So I think if you just look at enthusiasm, at the enthusiasm gap, it's all on one side, right? It's all on the Republican side. So at, at some point, anecdotal evidence accumulates and it means, and it means something substantive. And I, I think if you look at the yard signs, the amount of people at the rallies, the attitude of both candidates. Um, I mean, it's all it's all pointing to a win, a win for, uh, you know, a win for the president. 
Well, and, and we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker. And, I, you know, I tell people what you need to know if, if you're looking at what's happening is you need to focus on, um, in a way, what you're not seeing. So if you see Donald Trump with huge crowds, that means he's got huge intensity and things like door knocking, yard signs. None of them win an election because you need votes, but they indicate that people are going to get to the polls. You know, that our friend Scott Pressler, the crazy, you know, wild uh, Trump guy who's been registering voters. He was up in Pennsylvania. He said, here's a woman. I just met her. She's got 50 new Amish that she registered to vote. She's going to she and her husband are going to drive them all to the polls. And I'm thinking that's what happens when you have intensity. And what you don't see is Joe Biden's campaign with anything. Now, some of it is their excuse of covid. So they have rallies in cars. But some of it is stuff that you're supposed to see when you have a Democrat campaign. You expect to see unions out, you know, getting people to the polling places. You expect art, African-American organizers, pastors doing events. There's none of that. And you can say, well, those folks will eventually vote the right way. They're they're solid Democrat. That's not the problem. It's the intensity to turn out. And so, again, anecdotally, you know, you kind of start to add these things up and you say, I just don't see how any you also get to a point where you say any break is going to break towards the guy with the energy. And again, that seems to be Trump. But how, let me go out to where you are from, Michigan and Ohio. Um, is this is the sense of Biden being far left? What is likely to be, you know, even if you're dissatisfied with Trump's tweets or something, I don't know what you say. Well, Biden's got Kamala Harris. They want to get rid of oil. I mean, oil and gas. Is that what's going to carry Michigan and Ohio for Trump or what's what's it like on the ground? Well, I tell you, there are two things in Trump's favor here. Um, One is just right. I mean, this is people think of agriculture a lot of times in the Midwest, but this is also the industrial heartland of the country. So places like Ohio, Michigan have lost a lot of jobs by industries going to China and Trump has hit China very hard and has made like one of the center, right one of the centerpieces of his presidency right. and his campaigns bringing industrial jobs back so that's very popular here even with people that um that then aren't that aren't necessarily Trump supporters and you, you know you see in Pittsburgh the post gazette or whatever the democrat paper endorsed Trump for the first time a republican for the first time since Nixon in 72, and it's all on uh, Biden saying he's going to get rid of fossil fuel. So the second thing that's helping Trump out here is Biden saying stupid things like that, like, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to get rid of fracking. We're going to get rid of oil, oil, 91 percent, over 90 percent of our vehicles run on oil. And they're they're also made here. So so that's helping Trump out a lot. And even on turnout, what's interesting you, you know, we're talking about the big Trump crowds and a few cars for Biden. I've had ground people, uh, campaign workers on the ground tell me even the 10 or, or 15 cars that show up for Biden, half the time those are campaign workers going and renting cars and showing up and pretending that they even have that many people there. So even those handful or two of cars aren't necessarily even voters. Sometimes they're staff on the campaign. Pretty interesting. Well, and we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker, a New York Times bestselling author and a professor at Defiance College in Ohio and born and raised, uh, at least born and raised or Michigan by uh, by birth. And he, although he lived all over the world as a young man, uh, here's the here's the other question, though, is the, the Biden campaign put out a statement earlier today and they said um, <clears throat> we are no one will know the election on Election Day night. 
they, they said that. And then you started seeing talks about in the press this idea that, well, you know, it, it, the polls have been so strong for Biden. If Biden doesn't win, it was stolen. And I have to tell you, that, Dr. Decker, it feels like the new Russia hoax. And it's crazy to me that the Democrat Party is joining the far left in trying to undermine the elections this way, because a third of the country will wake up and be so stunned if Joe Biden doesn't win. And when they're told by CNN, oh, it was stolen, they'll believe it. And I I mean, I really think we're this is a really a, a tough moment. You know, it tells you a couple things. One, um, you know, they're already so um, not this. They're so lacking in confidence on the win that they're already saying, OK, how can we jam up uh, the, the president, right. President Trump's and Republicans agenda like they did for three years of uh, the, the first term? Right. I mean, it's amazing right. how much right. the president got done, but especially everything they're trying to do. And the other thing is just. uh you know, they're not even sure of their own ability to cheat to win, which is pretty a pretty interesting reflection on their own uh, incompetence, right? It is, and 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 well, and more, but more importantly, it is a um, it's dangerous, you know, because there's a, there's a third of the country that is really really wrapped up, uh, wrapped tight, and wrapped around the axle, as my grandfather used to say. And so, you know, you you got to wonder. All right, so now what happens in places? Uh, Doc, we're talking with Doctor Brett M. Decker, and this is one of the things I think our listeners, you know, you're going to vote in your places. A lot of Americans are going to vote uh, in in person tomorrow. You know, for all the talk about how there's lots of early voting, and there's plenty of early voting. It looks like both parties did that, but. What do, you, what do you think we are looking at in terms of days of of, of, of it's going to is going to is it going to take days to get these vote counts? Is it going are we going to is this going to drag on for weeks? What's your sense? You know, I mean, one thing the the over a hundred million uh, early voter uh, early votes and mail in ballots, a lot of those don't you know they don't get formulated as easily as if you go in and you're, you're just sitting at the computer. So you know, I think. If it's a landslide either way, um, I, I, you know, I think a lot of that, there'll be less mystery about it, right? So um, right. if the Electoral College is looking sort of like a clear win at places like uh, North Carolina and Florida and Georgia, which people are talking about being close, end up not being close, um, you know, and, and the president is way ahead, uh, then, then I think a lot of it becomes simpler, right? They give up. The other side gives up the ghost if 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 it's too far to um, if legal shenanigans can't get you over the top it'll it'll dissolve faster so you know I think yeah. I think one thing is this complete unreliability of polls like why do we even have them or look at them anymore they're so ridiculous right like you don't go from ten point from Biden being ten points up to do, to it being tight in a week in a normal world right that's obviously obviously fudged numbers going on. Yeah, you know, um, uh, one more, one more uh, thing on this, uh, Doctor Decker, that we that I wonder about as as we close. Isn't it just true that in your head, a normal person associates more lockdowns and more schools staying closed with the Democrats and Trump saying, you know, the cure can't be worse than the uh, than the, the disease. Even though Trump was one of the ones who, you know, did listen to the experts and shut the whole economy down. But I mean, in, in terms of the we're down the stretch, there it is a, a plague. You know, there is a pandemic. But in your head, it's lockdowns for for Biden and Trump wants to open it up. I think that's kind of a sleeper issue because I think a lot of people in places like, you know, uh, 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 Illinois, I'm not saying he could win Illinois, but I think you're going to see voters in Illinois and Wisconsin 
Wisconsin and uh, Michigan, where you had Democrats in charge really putting the hammerlock on people, and they associate that with the Democrats now? I mean, one, the fact that Democrats have to go defend Minnesota should tell everybody that Trump's <laughs> looking pretty good. But I think you're exactly right. right about the lockdowns. In fact, I had kind of mock elections in my classes today, and uh-huh. uh, right, a lot Trump did very well. Not that surprising. We're in a conservative area of Ohio. But a few students said, look, I don't know if I like Trump or not, but I have a job on the side as a waitress or a waiter. And I, you know, I've missed months of work and I just I can't afford another year of of low wages if I'm going to keep paying for my my own way through school. So I think you do have a lot of people thinking, look, I, even if they like Biden, they're like, but, you know, the Democrats might close this thing up for another year. And we know Trump wants to get America working again. And I think I think that's a big factor in his favor. Yeah. All right. Dr. Brett M. Decker, the special version of what you need to know. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink. We'll have a lot more right after the break. Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Back in a moment. This is the ProAmerica Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's time. It's getting so close to Election Day. We need to check in with Tammy Nichols, our old friend who's out in Idaho. She's been a longtime Phyllis Schlafly Eagle leader, one of Phyllis's, the late Phyllis Schlafly's handpicked uh, folks out there. And now she serves in the Idaho legislature. She's a small business owner, her and her husband. She's got a bunch of kids. She does it all out there. And so, Tammy, first of all, what is happening on the ground in Idaho? You do have a Senate race that's a bit uh, contested. I don't think President Trump has much trouble in Idaho, but, but tell me what you're seeing on the ground in terms of turnout in terms of what's happening and then tell me about this uh this great effort that you all undertook uh that i was seeing the clips about uh uh, protesting the uh pandemic measures but first what's looking like on the ground yeah so thanks ed for having me on um on the ground here in idaho we are doing great our state is definitely a pro-trump state um he's not going to have any problem taking idaho whatsoever uh but we have had lots of rallies and parades and different things that we've done um all over the state to help promote our our um support and in trump's re-election and so yeah it's been it's been looking really good here in idaho and a lot of our events have made it on the news um, in several other places throughout the nation. Uh, and one that just uh, was picked up not too long ago was a um, declaration that we put together uh, here in the state of Idaho. Myself, our lieutenant governor, several other legislators, and one of our local conservative organizations, Idaho Freedom Foundation, uh, we put together a declaration and we made a video. And the video has uh, caused, I guess, quite a stir and has been picked up by a lot of national um uh, media outlets, and yeah. uh, but we're glad it is because we want people to know. And basically, it's a declaration that we're just saying that you know, regardless of a pandemic or whatever the case may be, people's rights are still there. The Constitution's not set aside, and we have to be very careful because it's usually during times of chaos or times of upheaval that government tends to uh, remove rights from the people. And so this declaration is for people in the state 
all over if they want to sign it. Um, and we took a whole chunk from our Idaho state constitution and put it in there. And that was the part that our lieutenant governor, um, Janice McGeehan, uh, read or, you know, repeated on the video. And you'll see her in her vehicle uh, with a Bible and with a gun talking about um, our rights and our freedoms and our ability to be able to protect ourselves. It is a great. It's a great video. It's very smart to do. By the way, we're talking with Tammy Nichols, and I, I sometimes get folks, Tammy, after I talk to you, they say, "Where where do I find out more about her?" Nicholsforidaho.com is her website. N i c h o l s Nicholsforidaho.com. She's in the uh, Idaho Legislature District Eleven. Um, it's a great idea. The video and and it's catchy. Um, is who's the opposition in Idaho? Are you? Is it the federal intrusion that you worry about? Is it the because I don't think you have much to trouble, or has your governor not been very strong? I for I think the governor was a little bit uh, uh, wishy-washy, right? Is that the problem? Our governor has been very um, hands-off in regards to making a lot of the decisions. He has left a lot of it to the local levels, But because of his emergency orders, which we're now almost seven and a half months into uh, his emergency uh, yeah. order, it turned over a lot of... Um, power and control and different things along those lines to unelected bureaucrats who are usually in our health departments um, and they're making these decisions. And so if and we tried to get rid of the order. We tried to get rid of the emergency order during our special legislative session, but our Senate wouldn't take it up. We had a concurrent resolution that we were trying to pass. And so the order is still in place. He actually just put us back into stage three um, in our state because of rising case numbers, not deaths, but case numbers. And so, um, you know, so yes, we're just, we're, we're to the point where we know a lot more about what we're dealing with in regards to this virus. The virus is going to do what a virus does. Um, and not every place in our state is, is experiencing the same thing. And it should not be up to unelected bureaucrats to make all these decisions. The legislature has really not been involved in the process. Our lieutenant governor really has not been involved in any of the process or any of the decisions being made. And so we're to the point where we just, people just need to get back and live their lives. If they want to isolate or wear a mask or what have you, that should be a personal decision. That should not be a mandate or an order that is um, put upon people by the government. That should be a personal decision. There's nothing that says that the government is supposed to protect you um, and your health. That is an individual uh, thing. And it should be up to the individual to make those decisions. And as I said to somebody, the best way to do this is like if you leave the house in the morning without car insurance and you get in a wreck, you're going to lose your home, right? And so you have to make risk management. And if you, you know, we tried to shut down the economy as a national economy because of the worry and the president asked us to do that and we did it. Many of us, you know, in retrospect, we look and say, was it too much, too little? But now you can't make the cure worse than the illness, as the president has said. You have to use a risk judgment. You know, yeah, manage your own risk and say, hey, and as he says, protect our Seniors, there's no doubt. If if I if I was yeah. 80, I would be very very careful, right? If and if I had, uh, sure. you know, late onset diabetes and and rheumatoid arthritis, I'd be very, you know. So we want to protect those that have a, a, an illness. Um, but Tammy, let me switch because I'm going to run out of time. Election day is almost here. What's your best pitch? Some people, and you probably experienced this in your own community. They're in places where maybe they think their vote doesn't count because there's too many of the other side, or there's too many of our side, or whatever side. But give your pitch on, hey, how important. 
important it is to be out there and be involved and get get voting and get others to vote? Absolutely, yes. You know, every election is critical. This one is also critical, um, not just because of what's happening with the presidential race, but also at the local levels. Here in Idaho, what we're seeing, which is really interesting, and we've known it's been going on, but now it's pretty blatant, is we have Democrats that are running as Republicans or are using techniques in their literature that they're putting out to make people think that they are a Republican candidate. Um, we have one, in fact, that went so far as a mailer that this Democrat put out actually utilized our state Republican Party logo on the mailer and was not given permission to do that whatsoever. And then on the back was land blasting and smearing the actual Republican candidate. So we're seeing very blatant um, uses um, that uh, the Democrats are utilizing to try to uh, confuse people and cause you know issue that way and so i've been talking to a lot of people they call me and ask me for advice or help on on voting and so you know i tell people you have to do your research there is so much information out there but you have to do your research you have to know what's going on with your local election races it's so so critical it's so vital because we're seeing people sneaking into positions, especially if they're unaffiliated. Um, and in Idaho, we do have local races that are that are unaffiliated races. And so people have to do their research and go out and vote. It's so critical. It's so important. Don't waste that. Um, do, do your due diligence and vote. We make it so easy here in the U.S. and in our state to be able to vote compared to a lot of other places around the world that there's no excuse to not go out and vote. And your vote does count. Um, especially with your local races. Very good. Well, Tammy Nichols, as always, thanks for the update on Idaho. And it's, again, NicholsForIdaho.com. We appreciate everything you're doing, and uh, we'll we'll be watching. Oh, but one more thing. Senator Risch is up in Idaho, but he's safe, right? That's not going to be a real fight, is it? Yeah, no, I don't think so. He has a Democrat that's running against him. She's ran, she ran for governor here in our state um, last time. Uh, but I really don't think that that's going to be much of a problem for him. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Tamara Scott up in Iowa. She is the National Committee woman on the Republican National Committee, has been for a couple terms now, and has worked with the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and done all sorts of conservative stuff, does her own radio work, and is uh, generally very active, not only in Iowa, but across the country. And uh, so we thought we'd check in with her on what's happening in Iowa. It's a big state, although it's gotten a little less attention in terms of the national. Seems like everybody's talking about, uh, you know, Michigan and Minnesota and other places. So, First of all, welcome, uh, Tamara. How are you? I'm doing great, Ed. Thank you very much for having me on this show. It's a busy time, isn't it? It is, sure is. Before we get to the what's happening in Iowa, I want to ask you a different question, because you're identified as one of the faith leaders, one of the uh, Christian leaders, conservatives in the Republican Party. And a lot of those folks, you weren't one of them. I think you were pretty clear in 2016. There was no, uh, you know, there was no, there was no choice between, uh, you know, Trump and Hillary. But a lot of folks wondered, oh, is Donald Trump going to be good enough on these issues? Is he going to be okay? You know, give us a little bit uh, uh, here or there and then go back to, you know, New York, uh, you know, kind of uh, politics or policies. Give, give me your sense on sort of Donald Trump promises kept to the Christian, the conservative Christian community. 
Right. Great, great question. I do get the honor of serving as the chair for the Faith Advisory Board for the RNC. We've never had one of those, but we've never had a president quite like Donald Trump. No president in my lifetime and maybe in the history of this nation has done more for life, which is an issue that many of us in the faith community care about, or for religious liberty, not just in America, but on our college campuses, but also across the globe, even with those suffering from Christian persecution or persecution for their faith. You remember the speech he gave September 23rd in 2019 at the United Nations. First off, remember, he pulled us out of that hoax of the human rights campaign, but he spoke fairly clearly to those at the United Nations and said, our rights come from God, not government. And no matter where you are, you have the right, the inalienable right, to worship as you choose, no matter your borders. It was an amazing speech. I'd never seen anything like it. And so if you remember, there's so many more things he's done. Um, Israel, remember, we've got the list of things, whether it's moving the uh, the embassy in Jerusalem, withdrawing from the right. of Iran deal sanctions to Iran, that uh, canceling the aid to Palestinian Authority due to the terrorist funding, um, inspiring other leaders to come along. Now we have the Abraham Accords with, what is it, Sudan, the latest nation, the Haran, and um, the American Arab Emirates. So um, the things that he is doing is just amazing. If you remember 2016, we didn't know how he would be, and the thought was, but we do know how he would be and how dangerous she would be. And so it was really that lesser of two evils, but this time we have a champion of good. It's not about lesser of two evils. We have a bona fide champion of good. He has proven himself time and again. And my husband said, if he just appoints one solid conservative Supreme Court justice, it will change the course of this nation for good. Well, look, Ed, we're on number three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, and and I even even on um, one thing, Tamara, that you and I think you can you'll understand when I say this because our listeners may not remember. I I was on the Republican National Committee for a couple years and overlapped with Tamara. But one of the things that Donald Trump also did somehow, and I don't know exactly what part of this you can say it was his willingness to be you know loud about Merry Christmas, but he kind of punctured political correctness and gave left yeah. enough space for the conservative like you and me to not feel like we were sort of over in the strange corner, even of the Republican Party, like gathered saying, like, we'll just go over here. We'll pray hard. He kind of said, you know, this whole thing, it's it's everybody's here and not like you got to be with the Tamara Scott's or the Ed Martins of the world. But I'm, it kind of made a space to feel like we were welcome in our own uh, nation. It's a funny thing to describe, but I think you know what I mean, right? I do, and and what you're saying is actually, you're actually very correct, because in the past, we've kind of been told, you need to hush up on the values, or we're not going to get so-and-so elected. And so, you know, you you conservatives, so we can get our moderate elected. Donald Trump didn't run from our platform. If you remember, Phyllis Shafley, his friend, said it was the most conservative compromise the platform we've had. She championed it, and so did he. He stood on it. We have seen that, and we've seen the respect American people give someone, not when they have the phrases that have been run past the focus groups and the three-point talking points. He he sometimes is a little bit clumsy or harsh in how he speaks, but people know he speaks from the heart, and his heart is that he loves this country and the foundational principles on which it was founded. 
Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk real quick. Uh, I don't want to lose this time with you. We're talking with Tamara Scott, a national committee woman for Iowa and also active in lots of different conservative ways, including the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles with uh, me. Uh, Iowa, what's happening on the ground? Joni Ernst, the incumbent senator, she has a tough fight. The president spent a bunch of time there. What's your sense of of this election? Now, the polls, to me, have been all odd and off base. They don't make sense to me at all. I think they're mostly fraudulent. I don't think they're intentionally fraudulent. I think just most people aren't going to answer polls. Just like most people don't believe the media anymore, they just don't bother. Uh, in with they, they used to be, if you looked at uh, it used to be if you looked at Walter Cronkite on TV, you thought this man's going to tell me the truth. It used to be when you got a poll from a call from Gallup, you said, "Well, these people are serious." Nobody thinks that about the media or pollsters anymore. But so, what are we seeing in Iowa with Joni Ernst with Donald Trump's race? What well, tell me what you're seeing? I remember 2016, all the polls and, and the and the miss miss um, that the wideness. In fact, Kellyanne Conway made the statement one time that they were in any other field, they'd be fired for being so far off the mark. The, the, whether it's the press or the pundits or the polls, and so what? You, what here's what I think I'm seeing: they don't trust the pollsters. They don't. In, in fact, maybe it's intentional, maybe it's not. But on the part of the voter, when the polls call. They won't give the honest. They won't give their honest impression because they have such mistrust right. with the polls. They won't even tell them who they're voting for. So, so there's a little bit of dishonesty on the part of the voters themselves because they don't trust the pollsters to even take their information and not misuse it. So, yes, we can't trust the polls. We obviously can't trust the press, and we obviously know where the pundits are coming from. It's, it's obvious. So, here's what I think you're seeing. I don't know if you have them in other states. I've seen them on on Facebook. Thank heavens for social media. Beckerman hasn't been able to silence all of us. We've had tractor parades, over 150 tractors on one parade, boat brigades, car parades. You're seeing them, too. And I think that's the voters rising up and saying, listen, we don't trust any of you, but here we are. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, Joni, how about Joni Ernst? What's jo- jo- Joni Ernst? I mean, I, here's one thing I'll tell you. In, in, in 2016, Donald Trump won Missouri. They said the polls, the last day, the last poll before the end of the election said Donald Trump wins Missouri by four. He won by 19. In the same election cycle, incumbent Senator Roy Blunt only won by 1.5%, meaning 17.5% of, of the people that voted for Trump didn't vote for the incumbent because the, the, I think people are sick of the swamp. I mean, I, I do think that even Joni Ernst, who's been pretty darn conservative and boy, Chuck Grassley's been uh, uh, tied to her hip these last couple of months. But it, how is she looking, and what's that race look like? And so, you know, we hear the same concern on the polls here. And again, I try not to even look at the polls. I try to just keep my nose to the grindstone. She's had over $100 million outside money coming in against her. And her opponent has these disingenuous commercials of how she won't take any tax money and she won't take any corporate money. Well, you don't have to take it when they're sending it straight to the media outlets for you. And they're, you know, falsely running down a great candidate like Jody Ernst, who has been strong on life, who obviously supports our military. I think she was the first female combat veteran in the U.S. Senate, Um, the first female to represent Iowa at that level. We're thrilled to have Joni, and she does a great job, and she votes with this president. And so I hope people, you know, stay with her and get the message out there, but don't fall. I hope Iowans can't be bought. I guess that's, I guess that's the statement. It's these other outside organizations are trying to buy the votes, and by spending that $100 million in our state, that out-of-state money, they're costing the rest of us who live here a whole bunch more just to hear our voices heard.
Yeah. Well, uh, good news is I think Iowans are pretty savvy because they get first in the nation all the time and they kind of get used to the games. I hope so, too. But all right, Tamara Scott, thank you as always. Good luck down the stretch. We appreciate you and we'll look forward to getting a breakdown afterwards. I think uh, sounds like things are all going in the right direction like they look. So we will uh, we'll talk after the election. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells a parable about three servants who were all given some money to steward. Two of the men invested what had been given to them and doubled their money. The third man buried the money in the ground. When the servant's master came back to check on them, he rewarded the two that had wisely used what had been given to them, and he rebuked the servant who had squandered his resources. Christian friend, I'd like to speak directly with you today about a very sacred resource you have been given. As an American citizen, you have been given the precious right to vote in tomorrow's election. You hold in your power the right to have a say in whether righteous or unrighteous leadership is raised up in our land. This power comes from the devotion of our founding fathers who risked their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to establish this right to vote. We must all thank the men and women of our military who have sacrificed so much to secure the right to vote. However, above all, we must thank God, who is the ultimate giver of our precious voting rights. Too often, I cringe as Christians come to me saying that politics is too dirty to get involved with or that they don't want to vote for a flawed candidate. If you are someone of that mind, I have a very sincere question for you. What candidate are you waiting for? When will a name on the ballot be good enough for you to take action? The Bible clearly says that we are all flawed people. All God asks of you and me is to make an informed choice based on the options before us. Don't waste this opportunity, please. Future generations are counting on you. I urge you to go online right now to your state's election authority and find a sample ballot for your area. Do your research. Make wise choices. Just like the servants in the parable, all of us will be held to account for what we do with our votes tomorrow. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When America turns our back on our Christian heritage, we shouldn't be surprised when biblical precepts like honesty, kindness, respect, justice, and freedom are abandoned. At phyllisschlafly.com, we still believe in rights endowed by our Creator. If you agree, find out more at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. (laughs) 
Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for the Daily Wink. You'll want to get that, especially uh, in these days. You know, the election day, but also the days after. We'll see what happens. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, we have uh, Joe Biden's campaign saying they will never concede. They'll never concede, can't win on election day. And, of course, Donald Trump's campaign saying, hey, if the thing's over, we're going to say uh, good job. Think about who you think is winning when one guy is already explaining away what could happen. All right. But let me just encourage you on this. We got a few minutes left. Get out and vote. Right. Get out and vote. But also, I want to tell you something that I've sat now. I've been looking at math and I've been saying to myself, depending on how the turnout goes in some places, Donald Trump can win the popular vote in the whole nation because of higher numbers voting for him in blue states, California, New Jersey, New York, those three states, for example, Massachusetts, add to it, those four, they're so disgusted with the Democrats who've been in charge at the local level, governor, I mean, but governor and mayor, that they're just fed up. My brother lives in Massachusetts, a firefighter. Massachusetts is a Democrat state. My brother's not a Democrat, but up there, most of the people are Democrats. He said there's so many Democrats that are voting for, uh, for Trump because they're sick Biden, not going to be, I mean, sick of Democrats, not going to be enough to win in New Jersey, where my parents live. Same deal. You know, in California, Woody Woodrum down there in San Diego, the founder of the California Screaming Eagles, he's been saying there's incredible response to every call they put out. Now, you've got some congressional races that you can win. So don't be just thinking that it's just for symbolism, but it does matter for symbolism. It does matter. It matters for the country to see it wasn't a fluke. It's not a fluke that people got excited and focused their vote in, say, Michigan. In fact, I meant to ask in Michigan, we were, I, there was a poll that was out uh, that uh, came out of, the, um, uh, of one of the, the um, Michigan uh, polling institutes. And, of course, I think most polls are lies. I'm, I'm not, you know, anything. But the, the, the interesting thing about this one was it was talking about how suburban voters, uh, they're, they're, here's the key. The suburban voters are very more likely than rural voters and urban voters to say that they're uncomfortable talking to pollsters. See, one of the secrets here is going to be why were the polls wrong? They were wrong because the pollsters wanted them to be wrong. That's true. But I think there was also a ton of Trump supporters who weren't going to say that out loud. Because four years ago, as I've told you a bunch of times, if you were for Trump four years ago, you were thought to be kind of silly. People thought, oh, my gosh, that's so silly. You know, you're going to lose a landslide. Four years later, right now, a bunch of people call you very bad names if you say you're for Trump. That's what they do. And so but back to back to the this election. When they look at why and how it played out, you're going to discover a couple of things. You're going to you're going to see that early voting actually was good for Trump. Because it got seniors a chance to vote early. A bunch of them got out and voted early. It, it, it gave uh, evangelical Christians a chance to schedule voting. I'm only half kidding when I tell you. If, if you schedule, if you can get someone to schedule their voting, that you'll, you'll, you'll succeed at turnout much higher. In fact, that's why you saw the, uh, the campaign by the celebrities saying, make a plan. Did you notice that during the World Series? There was a bunch of uh, advertisements that said, I made a plan. In fact, who was uh, somebody famous? Uh, one of the football coaches, maybe. Oh, it was um, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, the Seahawks coach, did it. And I saw it like five times in one night where he said, I made a plan. The reason why is if you can get people to make a plan to vote, it increases dramatically their participation. 
So I talked earlier tonight, today, with a friend of mine who does just, just strictly helps get out voters in the evangelical conservative Christian community. He said they've had much, much better success this year because in a lot of states they could help people schedule it. You didn't have to wait until the Tuesday of election. Now, I still believe elections should be on the election day because I think you should, we should all be voting on the same set of information. Not three weeks ago you voted before the last debate or two weeks ago you voted before the Hunter Biden uh, laptop. I think we should vote on the same slice of time on the same date so that we're all informed the same way or ill or ill informed or whatever. But I, so I'm not. But I'm, I'm now that but when you have that reality of early voting, it has an impact. It has an impact for uh, both sides, not just one side. And here's another little bit of a detail. It turns out that much of the mail-in balloting and early voting, especially mail-in balloting, required certain things. Signatures, sometimes notarization. Lower-income voters have a harder time doing that. If you're, if you're an, a business executive, you have a notary in your office, likely, or you go to your bank or you have a three bank accounts, you could do it. If you're a working guy... You remember when I was a kid, I worked at a supermarket. I wouldn't know more, no, you know, until I was 23. I wouldn't know more. No, I wouldn't know how to find a notary. I, if you said, oh, I need a notary. I'd say, I don't know. What the, where is a notary? I mean, so my point is that that's going to work better than people realize for different groups than you realize. And the last thing I'll say is more and more anecdotal evidence. We talked about this with Dr. Decker, that the turnout is so weak in the traditional Democrat communities If you don't get 87, 88, 90 percent of African-Americans voting for the Democrat, they can't win. But even more troubling is if their their percentage turnout is low, you're getting a low percentage of the vote who is a low percentage turnout. It's like a catch-22. It's a, it's, a, it's a death spiral, and that's what they're going to see in all these elections. All right, anyway, Election Day. Have a great day, everybody. We're going to have election night coverage through the Salem Radio Network, so we won't be back, but we'll be back the day after that. So hang in there. Be strong. Enjoy America. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director, back from hiatus, and uh, Joanna for booking our guests, and we'll be back together. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you soon.